Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. That's right. We are back here on the block. Austin Norman and Eric Strickland with you as we are again every weekday from 2 to 4. Again, uh, subscribe, like, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Turn your notifications on if, if you like on the block or set them for your favorite ticket show, whatever that is. Uh, turn those notifications on so you know when the shows go live. It's free. It's just one little pop-up, one little click for you. And there you are in tune, uh, listening, and watching in some cases the show um, we appreciate you, uh, blockheads, especially for everything that you do for us and chiming in. We see you guys on the text line. Uh, good thoughts. Keep them rolling in. Another one of your favorites here on 93.7 The Ticket, early break with Sip and Jake. Steve Sipple joins us here on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Steve, how's it going today? It's going. How are you guys doing? We're good. I think all is good. well here. Um, let's start with this, Steve. Uh, Nebraska football into the, the first summer with this coaching staff together. Um, some, a lot of connections to Matt Rule, but in some cases, not a lot of connection to each other. When you look at the coaching staff, what's their objective this summer? How are they getting to know each other? What does that day-to-day look like as they prepare for their first fall as a coaching staff? Oh, I mean, I don't think it'll be too difficult because they'll be around each other a lot. I mean, they'll be around each other. Oh, for instance, you know, recruiting ramps up now. You know, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a bunch of visitors in this weekend that will require coordination, teamwork among a lot of entities, but but for sure the full time assistance. Also camp season. I mean camp season Matt Rule wants those camps to be representative of a well you know, a finely tuned program. And, you know, those guys, will, those guys, those assistants that you're asking me about will be asked to, to perform at a high level um, as a team, as a group. So, I mean, it's – I've always, I don't know, been sort of oddly fascinated by how busy June and July can be, particularly June, because it's camp season at Nebraska. There'll be camps, you know, I think pretty much every weekend – and at least three of those weekends are big visitor weekends. I mean, there's, 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 there's official visits coming, big names. Um, this is a critical, critical month for, for Nebraska's program and a lot of programs. But this is where you make – I mean, hey, guys, this is where you pick up – where you can make up ground. This is where – or you can lose ground. So <laughs> I won't have any trouble getting to know each other, Austin. Which is good because we've heard from what you know Matt Rule and the coaching staff have said is that they, they want to dive in feet first. They don't want there to be a big acclimation period. Matt Rule has said he likes the talent on the roster. But like you said, Steve, a big recruiting time over the summer. Coaches on the road a lot and, and the camps. For those who might not know, what, what goes on at camps and just how important is it for coaches to get another chance to, to get eyes on guys doing football drills on, on what might be their home stadium someday? Well, I mean, that's just it. I mean, you're working out with some guys with a purpose. Um, so there's that element of it. But there's also just, I mean, I've always, I, I was really, I was, I was interested when Rule talked about it, but how important these camps are for the program. I mean, I don't want to be repetitive, but 
you can I've been to camps, guys, that are sloppy. And it kind of makes you wonder about the program. You know, like I mean I've been to other campuses just I don't know, just period. I've I've visited football facilities and I thought, man, it doesn't look I mean, why is there folding chair? Why, why is there folding chairs on a field? What, what's going on? Why does it look slop? And it made it left a bad impression. Rules very mindful of that. Um, so the camps are important that way. But also, yeah, I mean, you're working out guys that you might, well, that you are interested in. You get a look at them. You get a. I mean, sometimes an offer hinges on the way that player looks um, in a camp. You know, you get to see him. How he, react, how he reacts to adversity, for instance. If he gets beat in a drill, how does he respond? Those are the kind of things that can be hard to judge. Or, or I mean, you can judge them on film for sure, but I just think you get a better idea in five. So there's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, I can't really emphasize enough how important June is uh, over there. It's a big – there's a lot going on over there now. So, Sip, one question. How how tough is it for a young man to break through after Rule now in his coming had an opportunity to look at players in the spring, kind of know the direction he wants to go? How tough is it for a young – or how tough is it for a player, but then what is the easiest uh, sector of players, whether it be the specialty group, um, the wide receivers, quarterbacks, linemen, which is the easiest as well as which is the ones that have the hardest time of breaking through? Are you talking about current players or incoming players? Yeah, like how hard is it? What I'm saying is how difficult is it after they've had a chance to take a look at you in the spring and then you have kids that are going to come in the summer and, and obviously in the fall – but how did those kids break through and which ones have the easier time of breaking through? Is there a chance for, I mean, I know there's always a chance, but how, how difficult is that process? Um, it's, I mean, I, I think what you're getting, it kind of depends on the position group. It depends on what, where you're at. I think one area you can always break through is special teams. Okay. Um, if you're performing at a high, if you're performing at a high level, you're going to get noticed. I mean, if you were, you're attentive in this special teams meeting and you take that you take that sort of attitude to the field and make plays um you'll get noticed that way if you know and that's that's if you're down the line on the depth chart at your position you can still move up um but it, it's going to be dependent on what position you play some positions over there now that now i'll tell you something about nebraska though it's not like they're real deep anywhere so you, you know, you're, there's got to be opportunity for most position players to move if they're performing at a high level. Now, I don't know if this is what you're alluding to. You know, it's just like anything in life. A lot of impressions were made during the spring that would be hard to break. I mean, if, if a player has a bad spring with a first-time coaching staff, well, that's the first impression they get. Um, it doesn't mean you're buried forever, but I mean, it's really hard. It can be really difficult. Um, you know, and will that player have patience? And, um, will the coach give him a second look? I don't know. I think it's just at Nebraska right now. I would think it wouldn't be that hard to climb. 
I mean, because there's not just a ton of talent over there right now. You know, it's not like it was when you were playing, Eric. When there there would be, you know, you know how it was. There'd be seven wingbacks that could play, you know. Right. And so, you know, there'd be seven eyebacks that could play. I don't really like that anymore. So you can move. I think if you, if you come in in June even, I, I, I think players can make moves in June and, and sort of July. Unofficially, kind it's kind of unofficial because camp hasn't started. But I think the average fan might be surprised how formal June is. I mean, it's coaches can only spend a certain amount of time with the players, and it's not a lot. But the players work out on their own, quote unquote, on their own, and then you know there's reports that get to the coaches of how things are going. And you know, guys can guys can make impressions. This this this. Hey, they're reporting right now, guys. I mean, they're, that's what's happening. I think it happened yesterday and um, today, or Sunday and today. So there's you know, guys are reporting right now. One of the guys that you might fall into that group is one that you wrote about not too long ago in Malachi Coleman, the Lincoln East product. Who I didn't realize was it all the the spring practices. Even though he was still, you know, in high school, he was at the practices. Do you think that gives him a leg up on people once he gets to campus, or do you think he's starting from the same, you know, block as everyone else coming in this summer? Yeah, Austin. I don't know if it gives him a uh, might give him a little leg up. Um, it definitely helps, and it certainly doesn't hurt. That yeah, he it was because he didn't participate in track due to injury. He he didn't have classes at Lincoln East until 10.40 a.m. So he he attended every single one of Nebraska's spring practices and got a feel for what will be asked of him, watched the technical side of it, how how precise the routes were, how how precise blocking was, what what uh, Garrett McGuire asked of his guys, what Matt Rule asked of his guys, all that. And, yeah, you know, they might give him a little leg up on some of those guys that are, will be unfamiliar with it. He'll be. He'll know exactly what. You know, he'll have a pretty good idea of what tempo's like. Um, how, you know, just a lot of lot of different things. So, hey, Malachi, listen, Malachi's really intriguing. I, I know this is what intrigues me about. It. It's very simple. Last year, last time at this last year at this time, you know, when they were in June camps, I went over there just to watch camps. And Malachi in a team camp was there, and. I want to tell you something. He's striking. That was the, he was the best looking player on the field that day. And you know, there's 500 players out there. I mean, he's he's the he's a he's a a great looking athlete, and you know, he seems very intent on being good. Um, and he could be helpful right away because he's six four, two hundred, and you know, has sprinter speed. Well, quick question, um, Sip, before you get out of here. Um, what do you think, and this is from the text line, um, there's a question that came out, and it was asked, what do you think that Rob Childress's role would be on the baseball team uh, as we move into the future, being that now they've kind of struggled a little bit since his hiring as player development coach? Well, I don't know. I mean, Rob Childress might be working somewhere else. What I wonder about. I mean, there's jobs mm-hmm. open. Um, I know Rob 
I know Rob Childress has interviewed, well, not before this season, he interviewed at least one Division One job. These Division One jobs that are opening, I know there's interest in him. Um, now, is, is Rob interested in moving on? Wouldn't surprise me. He's, I mean, he's 50, he's a little younger than me. I think he's 54, 55. Um, you know, Wichita State just opened. I mean, would you be surprised if Wichita State were interested in Rob Childress? Not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. Well, sometimes just don't make it too difficult. I mean, I, I'm sure I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they, they, they're interested in him. I think Alabama's open. Um, I, I, I'll just say this one. I don't mind saying it. I mean, we speculate a lot. I don't think I'm going out on a limb. I think he'll be coaching somewhere else next year is what I think. And someone will have definitely gotten a good one. Speaking of, you know, changeover in in coaches, the Big Ten West in football had a lot of that. For a division that prides itself on, you know, stability and consistency, pretty much every team made a major change in some form or another. As you look at the Big Ten West in, you know, early summer, whose changes do you think you like and whose leave you scratching your head a little bit? In the West, uh, obviously Wisconsin is a, it, I mean, come on. I mean, it's a no-brainer. It, they, they got a great hire in Fickle, great hire, at least on paper, right? Mm-hmm. What he did at Cincinnati is, you can't argue with it. Um, the Purdue hire gave me pause and gives me gives me pause. Um, they went totally a different direction, which isn't always bad. I mean, that's not, that's not but it's just, it's just the youth. I mean, a you know a coach who a coach who hasn't done it um, in this league. I think it's really hell. It's hard for coaches to have done it, let alone someone breaking in. I thought that was I didn't I don't like the hire at Purdue. I think that I think Nebraska that's good for Nebraska, good for their opponents. Um, other than that, I don't have any real strong opinions. What about Iowa with uh, Gary Barta stepping down? What does that mean for them? Well, it could mean a lot, or it could mean not much for Ferentz. Ferentz, you guys have probably talked about it. He is signed through 2029. He just, you know, he signed an extension in early January of 20, in January of 2022, for seven years and 56, or eight years, is eight years and 56 million dollars. So seven million dollars a year. His, you know, I doubt that he's too concerned about it about Barda, um, but, you know, I, why do I say that? Why do I say he'd be unaffected? He's not unaffected, but he's the, he's, I, mean, I was about to say, he's the boss, and in many ways he is. You know, it doesn't, it, he'll be there unless he chooses not to be, you know. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the way I look at it. What's on your docket? What's coming up? What's on your radar uh, for writing about that we can look forward to? Well, I got. I'm interviewing Ted Carter tomorrow. The, he's the university system president. Uh, just about you know him assuming oversight of the athletic department, and then his views on you know on the the many issues that that college athletic space right now so that, that that'll be that also I had an interesting just 
in, it, it just kind of happened organically. One day I was talking to Frank Solich recently, and he started talking about the nuances of the fullback position. And I never even thought about about 90% of what he was saying. And I thought, you know what, that'd make a pretty good call. It's a very, it's a very, uh, the position's very unique. And there's a lot of unique elements that coaches look for in those guys. And Frank would be about the foremost expert on that. So those are two of the things I'm working on. That's Steve Sipple. You, of course, hear him here on 93.7 The Ticket. Early break with Sip and Jake. Read his work at Husker Online as well. Steve, as always, appreciate the time and the insight. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll uh, look forward to reading that when it comes out. Thanks for the good questions, guys. Take care. That's what we're here for. You know, we're, we're hard-hitting journalists, too. We might not write, but we talk, Strick. We, we ask good questions. We're here for it. We, we, we're we here for all the smoke. We're, we're happy to uh, be able to have Sip on and just give a, a, another take. Early break hears him all the time, so we're just glad that we every now and then get a chance to tell him, shut up, Sipple. <laughs> that we do. All right, let's, let's take a pause here. We'll cross it over with the old school crew when we get back.